I'm Trisha Real, also known as Trish the Dish. And I'm Isaac Bluefoot, and this is Salty Astrology. Which you could take with a grain of salt. Honestly, a single grain is never enough. So, of course, Mercury's in retrograde, and this is the second time we're recording this episode because my microphone got turned off right when we began the last recording. <laughs> So, of course, this is happening during Mercury in retrograde. <laughs> but if it happened when Mercury wasn't in retrograde, we wouldn't have the excuse. Could happen. I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's possible. But it's happening while it's in retrograde. <laughs> so, once again. I mean, let's just say we were recording during Mercury retrograde, but we're doing a new moon for January 11th, which is when Mercury is no longer retrograde. So... Well, Mercury is going to go direct right as this episode comes out on the 3rd. And this is just stacking up as another bit of evidence towards Mercury actually being in retrograde. There was a time in my life where I decided to just start blaming Mercury on everything. You know, <laughs> the whole thanks Obama joke. Yeah. I was doing thanks Mercury. Yeah. I, a lot of people do like to blame Mercury retrograde for everything. Yeah. I was blaming it for everything when it was direct. So if something went wrong, I'd go, well, Mercury's direct. Thanks, Mercury. <laughs> and so it became my, my running gag for a moment in life. And while I was doing that running gag, Mercury went retrograde. And I was making the joke four times more a day. Yeah. Like, I sounded like the stereotypical, like, Mercury's in retrograde, man. Because I was saying it all day long, four times more than I was saying Mercury's direct because it really did seem to be going that much more haywire. So it's not that things don't go haywire during direct. It just doesn't go as haywire as often. Yeah. And I think we also talked about in one of the previous episodes about how they did a statistical study and found that Mercury retrograde on its own doesn't have as big of an impact on major communication breakdowns as much unless it's also retrograde and square one of the planets with larger orbits, which this last Mercury retrograde has been because of the Mercury square Neptune situation. So yes, this reminds me of something I'm salty about. Okay. So we've got this square between Mercury and Neptune during this particular retrograde. Yeah, it goes direct on January 2nd from what I... Remember. Yeah, so everyone listening knows this is not a retrograde they're experiencing still, but they have just been going through it too. So this is some hindsight for them to experience. So having what we all just went through, you were saying in the last episode, talking about how there's going to be a lot of just good Christmas spirit and good things going on. And I was so concerned about that retrograde and family coming together and the tension of family. And I must admit the family I grew up with, there was a lot of fighting. So imagining that family coming together, which I wasn't going to be part of because I'm far away. But I was still imagining, oh no, here we go. <laughs> and you were really bringing up a lot of Christmas positivity and I was being salty about it. And I let go of my saltiness because to not be a Grinch <laughs> about the whole holiday spirit. Yeah. And I will fully admit you were right from the things I heard in that during those holiday times, I heard back from family and they were all together and it was so sweet and great holiday times. Uh -huh. I was like, wow, look at that. They're getting along. <laughs> it's so good to see. And I thought about mm -hmm. what you said, mm -hmm. but then I thought about another friend of mine 
and how her father's in the hospital during these holidays. Mm, yeah. And the absolute lack of communication from the nursing staff, between the nursing staff, it was driving my friend nuts to experience this. Mm -hmm, yeah, this is really important to have somebody who's have somebody who's advocating for you when you're in that sort of Western medical health system situation. But in a Mercury and retrograde situation. And the holidays on top it, of that. It doesn't help for me to say to my friend, oh, Mercury is in retrograde. No. But <laughs> I was able to see that communication was breaking down in a very critical space. And no matter how much it might have been true that the holiday spirit for the family was all so gleeful and maybe not every family got experience that depending on what aspects they have in their charts. Yeah, sure. But for so many, maybe it was gleeful, even for my dysfunctional siblings and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It is still part of the Mercury retrograde that communication breaks down. And sadly, sometimes it happens in places where it's so critical, like a hospital. Yeah, that's yeah, that's real. So it's really hard to give any forecast to this astrology because if you're talking <laughs> to someone saying, hey, we know you guys are expecting your family in town and the chart looks weather's good, but we're not remembering that some people are spending time in the hospital waiting for a loved one to feel better. So all that salt set aside, there are some aspects that are current to this moment at the episode comes out during the waning quarter moon. Yeah, we're leading up to the new moon, but we're in the waning moon. And there are a few things that are important. I mean, it, the day that it comes out, you say will be January 3rd, right? Yeah. So I know you were really looking at the Venus square to Saturn uh, because it's coloring the general overall vibe. Is there something that you want to say about it before I dive in? <laughs> well, Saturn is such a stern planet, though it is softer in Pisces, I know. You keep emphasizing that lately, and I'm trying to remember that this this planet that I think of as so hard is actually in a soft spot. Does that sound like what you mean when you say like dreamy reality when you describe Saturn these days? Yeah, and you know, still it can kick your ass. It's an ass kicker, it's and especially still... in regard to the emotional realm of things. So, yeah. Yeah, it's still a very solid object in our experience of reality. <laughs> yeah. It's the most reality part of reality. <laughs> and it's meeting up with, for me, Venus is very much uh, our sensibilities towards what we like and mm -hmm. what we feel good with. Yeah, what and we're attracted to and our aesthetics. And it's in Sagittarius, which is, you know, very far reaching and you want more freedom. And then here it is making a square to Saturn. So there's a, a little bit of a challenge there with the freedom that you desire. <laughs> and then these feelings that you have. <laughs> yeah, and the square is because this is squares are when things are of the same quality. So these are both mutable signs. Yeah. So we've got the expansiveness of Sagittarius coloring Venus's experience, and then that wishy-washy mess of Pisces coloring Saturn's experience. Sorry, Pisces. <laughs> but I can see where this is a mutability issue that's causing tension for whatever reason. Yeah, and to make it sort of more personally relevant, for me, I have these three books of fiction that I've published that are in the Zephram Gates series. And I have wanted to 
get them into screenplay formats that feel like I can share them, <laughs> they're yeah. shareable. And I have done most of the work and I started to rewrite the first one and then I found a script doctor and we start having this really great conversation. And he was really helpful and super encouraging and yet it also reminded me, I'm like, how much work is still to be done, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I had this broader perspective of, and a wish, but there's still a lot of work. There's a lot of pragmatism that goes into a deep unknowns and uncertainties there for you. Yeah. Well, congratulations for all the work that you now see you have to do. <laughs> Joy. Yay. <laughs> you were mentioning to me that Mars is about to move into a new sign. Yeah, it's, it's going to move into Capricorn on January 5th. And that's pretty relevant because we're coming up to a new moon in Capricorn on January 11th. So it brings in more of this Capricorn energy for the new moon, even though it's not going to be conjunct the new moon because the new moon is at 20 degrees of Capricorn and Mars is going to be closer to five degrees at the new moon. So they're far away, but... A way I would phrase it is uh, Action Planet is joining Team Capricorn. Yeah. And Capricorn being a cardinal sign receiving Mars energy, it's a good time to take action. Yeah, it's uh, the cardinal signs are initiator signs. And so this is beginning a new you know year, but we have a lot of initiative. A lot of times people want to do their New Year's resolutions. And yeah. I was thinking about that recently. Just this week, I was thinking the reason why we do New Year's resolutions at this time of year is because New Year's resolutions have to be pragmatic. You're really looking at your last year. You're seeing what worked and what didn't work. You're looking for a new theme. I read a meme that was talking about you can do positive New Year's, like Cheese Quest, where you try a new cheese throughout <laughs> the year, multiple new cheeses, or fruit adventures, and you never turn down a new fruit. And while that also is a fun version of a resolution, I couldn't help but think they were pragmatic because they were simple resolutions that you didn't have to have date attachments to. If you fall off, oh, I didn't do a new cheese in January. No, I can't go through with my adventure with cheese. <laughs> but if you just are open-ended about receiving new experiences as your form of resolution, it's a very pragmatic goal. So yeah. I was really appreciating the pragmatism of Capricorn. Yeah, it's gonna be a beginning of a new cycle on uh... January 11th, which is the new moon in Capricorn. If you feel ready to start talking about it, we can. Yeah, actually, I would love to talk about the new moon. So yeah, it's gonna be at 4 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So of course, adjust for your location. Uh, it's a highly ambitious and electrifying new moon. It's potent, fated new beginning. Because of the... Capricornian qualities? Well, also, yes, and because it's having a fairly close conjunction to the Pluto in Capricorn. It's, uh, it's not exactly close, but it's within orb, and it's and this is, you know, kind of coloring the whole transformative nature of January. Pluto and Scorpio have that energy of a snake that sheds its skin. Yeah, and here Pluto and Capricorn, it's the very last degrees of Pluto and Capricorn, known as the critical degrees. So here we're kind of shedding old structures. Oh, indeed. Yeah. yeah, we're really transforming the foundations. Yeah, 
for sure. That's amazing that we're getting this moment where the Mars energies are coming into Capricorn. And then as the sun is getting ready to leave Capricorn, we're going to have this moment of initiation of transformation. And it's kind of a, you know, change or get left behind in the dust, you know, so you really, you know, it's, it's time to change, but in real practical, pragmatic ways. Everyone's going to change is what I'll phrase it as. Well, and if you hold yes. on to the old foundation, you will go collapsing with it. And that will be your change. Yeah. And I mean, if we choose newness, doors will open up. So it's, it's still in Capricorn. It's an earth sign. So uh, it's a more of a focus on practical, attainable, long-term goals and cultivating common sense as we prepare for our future. So, you know, recognizing what our actual responsibilities are and nurturing our dreams in realistic ways. So it's a good time to make solid plans and focus on what really matters. What else is happening during this new moon? Well, the new moon is also making a trine to Uranus and Taurus. Oh. And uh, Uranus is the planet of change, uh, which you have talked about as the table tosser. But it's making a harmonious relationship. This new moon is making a harmonious relationship to Uranus. So it's a good time to trust our intuition. And um, there might even be an underlying sense of excitement. And we want something more liberating. And we're willing to go against the grain to get it. Mm -hmm. Or to work with structures to get it. Whatever we want, you know, whatever we can do. It's a very physical change, it looks like. It's going to be happening in the real world between Taurus and Capricorn. Yeah, real world stuff. Yeah, yeah, this isn't necessarily an imaginary aspect of the self will change symbolically. It very likely could be something does change. Yeah, and I, you know, I've, I've been needing that. I need work. <laughs> and so. it's likely going to happen in whatever house people have got their Taurus and Capricorn in. So just going off the top of my own head, I think that's going to be giving me um, either the seventh or sixth house for where my own chart lands. Because you have... Taurus in the, the seventh house. Exactly. Mm -hmm. What degree is this? Oh, no, this will be happening in my sixth house, like at the cusp. So right on the cusp, so it's going to be in that space between where your health and your uh, functionality meets your relationships. I'll be changing something there, but it will be trining with my second house. Yeah, so, second is the finance and values, personal resources. Yeah, it's, so, your, it's your stuff. Yeah, so it could be really practical for you. Uh, I think still, you know, it will be a healthy relationship with change no matter what. And it might even help us overcome roadblocks. So during the new moon, Mars and Capricorn is also going to be making a trine to Jupiter and Taurus. Ooh. Yeah, so this is really um, very auspicious. Jupiter is the planet of luck and expansion. It's been traveling through Taurus for, a, you know, not quite a year, but usually it stays in a sign for about a year. And it's still in the early degrees of Taurus right now because it went retrograde and is now going back forward. Uh, but this trine is called the Midas touch. Mm. So it, it turns this time period into gold. The actions we take are actually gonna expand. Yeah, luck is on our side. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Um, I don't know if you're going to mention it, but I just want to touch up that it's going to have a sextile with Saturn during this time as well. Yes. And so we're really seeing a place where our New Year's resolutions have potential to take hold. That the things that we're doing right now, thinking, you know, I got to be pragmatic about what I want to shift. 
I'm going <laughs> to think about this practically. If you're thinking that during a year where like Mars is going through and is getting a harsher aspect, like an opposition or a square, I would propose those years are the years your New Year's resolution maybe didn't come to fruit. Because maybe you weren't thinking in a very actually pragmatic way that you thought you were. But right now kind of indicates that the arc that we're setting forth is going to be a, like, as you said, expansive one. Yeah. One. Yeah. And the Mars sextile Saturn is another harmonious aspect. And it brings kind of, it's practical action. Right. So yeah. it's an aspect of determination and endurance. And it's part of an overall pattern where Saturn is kind of at the center. It makes a sextile to Mars on one side and makes a sextile to Jupiter on the other side. That, Beautiful. Yeah. And that Saturn sextile to Jupiter is going on through April of 2024. And it's going to be exact between February 5th to the 8th. So things are finally forming and taking shape. And yeah, it's just, this is a really uh, great sort of synergy of energies because we're understanding the steps that are required to manifest some of our bigger ideas. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Especially I was appreciating that the Mars in Capricorn, so it's in team Capricorn making those pragmatic shifts take action, is gonna be having that sextile with the planet of pragmatism in the sign of Pisces. And that's going to make it kind of just a very intuitive action that we're going to be taking. Yeah, I mean, here the focus on the bigger picture can really help us move forward towards success in real ways. Today, I actually successfully weighed a rainbow. Whoa, really? Yeah. What? How much did it weigh? Well, it turns out it was pretty light. So that sounds like a pretty exciting new moon. That's all the aspects that we wanted no, to No, uh, oh. we, we didn't talk about how Mercury in Sagittarius is still squaring Neptune in Pisces. So uh, we kind of covered it a bit in the intro. Yeah, so it's, but gonna... now Mercury's not retrograde, but it's still squaring. It's just now in forward motion. So, so perhaps all of that locked up communication is going back through the same beats of problems mm -hmm. but theoretically based on the idea that it's happening at one quarter of the dysfunction <laughs> yeah and at this point mercury has moved forward to 27 degrees of sagittarius which is the galactic center oh and yes you mentioned that yeah and that's years ago they discovered all these significant radio emissions coming from that area of the celestial sphere and then discovered that it's this black hole that's like four million times bigger than our sun. Because it's the center of the galaxy. Yes. There, there are a couple of other things that are coming right after the new moon on January 11th, which are relevant. Oh. On January 14th and 15th, uh, or around there, Mercury enters Capricorn. So we've got a serious Capricorn party. And it's what we call a, a stellium. So it's like a whole bunch of planets in one sign that they're not all conjunct, but they go one after the other. So mm. there's kind of a, it's a Capricorn party. What do you think Mercury is going to bring to the Team Capricorn party? Well, uh, it's, uh, we might get even more serious about our goals and how we think about them because Mercury deals with the mind and communication, but it's also still more of giving us 
energy to put our plans into action in some sort of real determined way, we might be more determined to succeed than ever. Well, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, my cloning experiment will finally be a success. Your cloning experiment? Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm beside myself. There's one other thing I wanted to talk about, but you were looking at after the new moon on the 11th, you were looking at January 18th. Yeah, that's when our next episode comes out. That'll be the waxing quarter moon. And one aspect that really stood out to me was that right when the moon is conjuncting with Jupiter, it's going to be squaring to the sun and Pluto. And that seems like by the time people listen to this next episode, they'll already be going through that. And I want to give them some heads up. Yeah, it's not going to be an exact square, but it's an approaching square and it still counts as a square. When does it go exact, though? It won't be until the sun moves into Aquarius and gets to about six degrees of Aquarius. Got it. So, so well into the next episode does it go exact, but people are going to be feeling the square approaching. Yes, for sure. And they're also going to be feeling another big thing approaching that you've been bringing up pretty much every episode for a while now. Yeah. The thing that is really significant uh, is the January 20th weekend, because that's when Pluto is going to be reaching its critical degree, the last degree of Capricorn, and it's going to be transitioning from Capricorn to Aquarius. And so this is a really huge, big, epic transition because Pluto has been traveling through Capricorn since 2008 which started the mortgage crisis here in the United States and other such things. So there's been a lot of politics that we have seen where, you know, they're not even trying to hide the corruption anymore. And, and there's a lot of watching old structures crumble before our eyes that we have been watching. So it's a transitionary weekend and it's quite epic because the sun is going to be conjuncting Pluto through this whole transition. And so from Capricorn here, we're like securing our legacy. We might focus on the goals we've achieved over the last several years, um, especially since 2008 when Pluto went into Capricorn. And, you know, we've all endured so much. But then as Pluto moves into Aquarius with the sun, we're literally ushering in a new era. Interesting. Yeah. You say securing your legacy. And I can't help but wonder if a young person is not feeling that during this time. <laughs> They're probably furthest thing from their mind. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're young enough, the last, since 2008, this is like most of your life. Mm, the world that is your younger childhood self is now going away and you're coming into this new age, which will be the age you discover yourself in. And it happens to be an age where Pluto is an Aquarius. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to see at the different angle where you are in your life will depend on how these big generational planet shifts feel. Because for someone who's moving in through different sections of life, you're like, wow, looking back on my legacy versus looking forward to my whole life. Yeah. And you can still imagine what your legacy might be as a younger person. I mean, I had a, an idea of what I might be, you know, in high school and in elementary school and even, you know, just I had ideas. Yeah, and you were making legacy be. choices when you were looking at the Pluto movements. And that's what it kind of inspires us to do is to think about our lives on a larger scale. Yes, and of course I wasn't looking at 
the movements of Pluto when I was in elementary school. <laughs> of course not. No, it doesn't even cross your mind. <laughs> not at all. What's a Pluto? Isn't there a dog? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this whole thing, there's probably be a lot of tech innovations that are going to blow our minds this year. Wow. So get used to the idea of transformative qualities to the aspects of our community and our network. Yeah, AI and, you know, all the ways that tech is going to revolutionize things, potentially. The Pluto and Aquarius transit does support being innovative and inventive. So that's helpful. You can still be inventive even if AI is busy being more inventive. Oh, thank goodness. We're going to need that. Yeah. And, you know, when the inventor of the USB dies, they'll gently lower the coffin, then pull it back up, then turn it the other way and lower it again. Well, that's pretty typical. So <laughs> I hope everyone out there is able to enjoy their pragmatic transformations that they're getting from this new moon. And let's not leave them in dread of a 20 year transformation. So no, I mean, I'm actually really looking forward to it. It's because for me, it's going to be going through my fifth house of creative self-expression with Pluto going through that. And I'm excited. Yeah, I guess I always approach Pluto with an entire salt lick worth of salt because it's opposite to my own sun in my chart. And I feel like I know uh, it's pressure really well so perhaps i will always speak with more dread and salt about pluto where you're like this could be great i'm like <laughs> <laughs> yeah That's great for you i think you know certain pluto transits through certain signs are more challenging for some people than others and for me pluto and scorpio was really difficult pluto and sagittarius not so much it was a lot easier more fun pluto and capricorn not so much fun as much as it sounds fun for you, what it sounds like to me is that Pluto is bringing that energy to the Aquarius party. And now everyone attending the Aquarius party is attending it with that mood of a cloud in the corner with thunderbolts striking inside of it. And it's just an energy that is Pluto. Mm -hmm. And so as much as you, I'm like, oh, yay, the fun party of Aquarius now has the guest that is Pluto. Yeah, there's definitely some talk of how the players that are have been trying to be in control of everybody and everything are just going to shift their energy to the tech world. And so we'll still end up probably dealing with, you know, Big Brother. Well, that's been consistent for a lot longer than any stars are going to affect. <laughs> yeah. In the end, like, the stars are not controlling and affecting those. They're just, like, changing the harmonics with which those conditions take hold. And all we can hope to do by giving people the heads up of these things is let them know that, yes, maybe you have a chance that this year's resolution will be uh, one that will grow into more than you could dream or yeah who knows well speaking of dreams we both have other podcasts and other projects that you might be interested in yeah yeah well i hope our listeners know about your zephram gates oh yeah i have three zephram gates books that are inspired by the harry potter books they're hysterical they have environmental themes and they are also on audiobooks so if you aren't one of those people that feel like you have enough time to actually sit down and read something, you can listen to the chapters. And I have narrated and edited and done all the characters except for the many goblins and also the many voices that Isaac 
helped me with. So you can hear Isaac as a sea monster, as Mr. Gumption, as a goblin. He's in there a lot. I also happened for very similar reasons made my book only an audiobook and only a podcast because I don't think anyone's going to pick up a book. <laughs> and you thankfully will go through my manuscripts and make sure that I'm actually speaking in English and making sense. <laughs> and so I really, really appreciate that for my Superman Son of L, unauthorized biography of Clark Kent. Find that where you listen to podcasts. And yeah, I would love for everyone to find out a little bit more about what we're doing through there. Do you have any other things you want to tell them we're up to? Well, I am planning to go to the Game of Throws Juggling Festival that is happening the January 20th weekend, and it should be pretty epic, put on by Matt Hall, who is the Juggle Sensei, and I'll see a bunch of my Where's that friends. Happening? It's going to be in Palo Alto, oh, California. Neat. That's fantastic. So maybe somebody listening to this might see you there. They might. And, and I'll throw something at them. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> and uh, also, if they want to check out anything else, Salty Astrology is produced by the Kinetic Paranormal Society, of which we were both junior investigators. And that is a pair of socks and a magic wardrobe traveling through time and space. And people can check out the podcast Metacosmos. And you're on three episodes at least, I think now. Yeah, me and uh, also great aunt Gussie is in there. Exactly. She's made at least two appearances. So <laughs> it's hard to say if you've made three, if she's made two and you've made two. It's hard to I say. I think that's the actual math. So anyways, <laughs> yeah, I hope everyone out there is taking action to make their dreams come true. 